Welcome to the Caribbean Moms Podcast with me, your host, Empress Golding. Over the course of this series, our guests will be providing Caribbean mothers with expert advice, support, and conversation around the everyday challenges of raising children. Most of all, we're here to celebrate moms who are doing the most important job in the world. The CaribbeanMoms.com podcast is brought to you by Gerber Baby Foods, one of the most trusted names in infant nutrition. For many years, Gerber has been a chosen brand by many parents to help nourish their babies through a wide variety of healthy infant foods and drinks. Hashtag anything for baby. From six months onwards. And remember, breastfeeding is best. In this episode, we're going to talk about development milestones. And joining us is Dr. Lisa Franklin Banton, primary consultant pediatrician at We Are Kids Pediatric Center. Welcome to CaribbeanMoms.com. Today, in this episode, we are looking at developmental milestones for our sweet little babies ages zero to three years. My special guest today is Dr. Lisa Franklin Banton, primary consultant pediatrician at We Are Kids Pediatric Center. Dr. Lisa, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you so very much for having me. Yes, thank you for being here, Doc. Now, how many babies do you think you've seen over the past few years or during your career as a pediatrician? I've seen quite a bit. <laughs> um, I, I've seen quite a bit in the, in the thousands, I'm sure. <laughs> so you've seen thousands of babies. So you truly understand the concerns some mothers may have when they have other moms whose babies are walking, rolling over, talking, and their baby is not. And they're saying to themselves, what should my baby be doing at this stage in their life? So let's start with discussing the key milestones across each age range. So let's start with the babies, zero to six months. What should we be seeing? So first of all, I want to reassure moms that comparing to other babies is never a good thing. So with regards to development, when we look at development, we're really talking about the things that children do as they get older. And what is very important is that moms realize that there is a range. So not every child is going to do the same thing at the same age. So it's important that they recognize that and not get too panicked. When we speak about our developmental milestones, we tend to put them in four broad categories. We speak about their gross motor skills. And with regards to gross motor skills, we refer to how they move their large muscles. So sitting, standing, walking, movement. We also speak about their fine motor skills. And when we speak about their fine motor skills, we usually refer to how they're using their hands to do things. So writing, drawing, dressing. Um, we then speak about language skills. And language skills can be divided into 
better expressive language. So how I'm speaking, how I'm using my voice and receptive language. How am I receiving what is being said to me? We also speak about cognitive skills. So how are they understanding? How are they um, problem solving? And finally, we speak about social skills. How are they interacting with each other? How are they reading people's emotions? So those are the broad categories that we look at when we speak about developmental skills. With regards to ages, so you can imagine that that's a lot to uh, to, uh, to evaluate within the first three years of life. And it's important that we evaluate each aspect. Um, I think the best way to look at it perhaps is to look at each age and what they should be doing in the different groups. Um, so let's start with the newborn. What should my newborn be doing? So obviously we don't expect a newborn to be rolling or walking. So what sort of movements do I expect my newborn to be having? Um, so for the most part, with regards to gross mo um, movement, mo motor skills, we expect them to be moving, just moving their hands, just moving their feet. It's important that parents recognize that newborns tend to have their hands fisted. So they're not open up. They're not reaching for things as yet. So they tend to be fisted um, quite a bit. With regards to visual and hearing milestones, a lot of parents don't know that babies don't see very far. So they're very concerned that babies aren't looking at them, that they aren't following them, that they aren't smiling, but are that they even have their eyes closed for quite a bit um, a time. So we have to let them know that that's normal. We don't expect them to see more than a few inches in front of them. So they're not really focusing away. And in terms of social um, skills, we don't expect babies to be doing a lot in that regard. So by six weeks, we now expect our babies to be looking at you, following you, and we expect them to be able to recognize mommy's face, daddy's face. And because they're now recognizing mommy and daddy's face, we expect them to start smiling. So those, and we call that the social smile. So we expect them to start having a social smile by about six weeks of age. We expect them to be looking at you. We expect them to be following and we are following in all directions. So we're following horizontally. If you have some Thing in front of them, we expect them to be able to track that, that object. In terms of your gross movement, by about two months, um, we expect that they are going to be able to raise their heads. So if you have them lying on their stomachs, they're expected to hold their head up and be able to hold it there for a few seconds. Um, again, you get a lot of movements with your hands and your feet. They're beginning to stretch out. And by about two months, we expect you to start opening up that fisted hand. So they're going to be start reaching for objects. They may not be able to grasp those objects, but we definitely expect them to be able to reach for those objects. With regards to expressive language, you start hearing some sort of verbalization. So instead of hearing cries all the time, all my baby do is cry. <laughs> you expect to hear sort of, um, we say, vowel-like sounds. So they start to coo. You hear the ooh, ah, sort of noises. And they're doing that in response to you. So even though they're not talking, they're recognizing when 
mommy or daddy is interacting and they're making those vowel-like sounds. And they should be able to alert to sound. So that's the receptive part of the language. When they hear a noise, they should startle or you should know that they're actually reacting to that noise. Let me know if I'm going too fast. <laughs> no, no, we are making notes. We're looking at what our baby should be doing at each of the different stages. And we're writing notes. We're writing down and putting the check box to make sure our babies are doing what you're saying. So let's keep going. So it's important that parents know what these milestones are. And the reason for this is because if your baby isn't reaching those milestones, so if you don't see your babies doing the, the skills that you're expecting them to do at a certain age, it's very important that they alert their pediatrician so that intervention can occur. The earlier we intervene, the better the outcome is going to be. Okay, so by six months, what do I expect my baby to be doing? So in terms of gross movement, by six months, I definitely expect them to be rolling. And when we speak about rolling, we speak about rolling from tummy to back and back to tummy. So it's actually easier for you to move from your tummy to your back, to roll over from your tummy to your back than it is to roll from your back to your tummy. So by six months, we definitely expect that they are going to be rolling over. A lot of babies by six months are also sitting up. They may not be able to get themselves into a sitting position, but if you put them in that sitting position, we expect them to be able to stay in that sitting position for a little while. Some of them may need to do what we call a tripod position. So they may sit with their hands placed in front of them for some support and not necessarily be able to sit with their backs erect. And that's okay at six months, but we, we definitely expect that they can be put in a sitting position and to stay in that position, whether it's tripoding or, or sitting with a straight back for, for a little while. With regards to fine um, movement, we expect them to be able to reach for objects, grasp those objects quite firmly, and we expect them to be able to move those objects from one hand to the other hand. Some babies may not necessarily move from one hand to the other hand, but they definitely move towards the midline. So if I have it in my right hand, I can bring the object to the center of my body and some of them may transfer. So they may move it from the right hand and then it may end up in the left hand. So those are that's the fine motor skill that we would expect that they would have attained by the age of six months. With regards to language, we expect that by six months, they are making more sounds. So they may make squeals, they may make screams, they may make raspberry brrr, certain noises. And some of them would have started to babble by, by six months. So you're now hearing the consonant sort of sounds in a in a long string. So not da-da, but da-da-da-da-da, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba certain noises. Why do they always say dada first? Dada first. Why? I know, right? <laughs> I, I don't I don't know that science explains that to be honest. Um, I'm not sure. I'll have to do some more research on that, but that's something that my moms are always so Dr. Franklin, why are they saying dada and not mama? Um, that's just how it goes. Um with regards to receptive sounds, um, they should be able to alert to sound directly. So if I 
hearing noise before the age of six months, they may be looking and wondering where that noise is coming from. But at six months, I should be able to directly alert to where the sound is coming from. So if someone, if the noise is coming from my right side, instead of looking up and down or to the left first, I immediately look over to my right because I know that's where um, the noise is coming from. With regards to social interaction, they should be laughing and engaging with you, making eye contact, recognizing when mommy and daddy um, wants to play with you and they are engaging. You're hearing laughs at this age and you're really beginning to enjoy and say, oh, now I'm having someone interacting with me by the age of mm. six months. And then we're taking a lot of selfies at the same time as the mom. Isn't my baby sweet? <laughs> yes, yes. So that's six months now, nine months. Um, they should be doing all of those things. There's a question I wanted to ask you about putting the baby to sleep. On the back, on the tummy, what's the best way we should lay our babies down uh, from newborn to nine months? So we always recommend back to sleep. So I know a lot of moms would tell me that their babies tend to sleep better when they're on their tummies, but that's not a position that's recommended at all. So we always ask you to put them on their backs. Now, as they get older and they start to roll, they may then put themselves on their tummy, but that's okay. When they're on their tummy at an earlier age, we're always concerned of sudden infant death syndrome. So they may not be able to maneuver and that may cause problems, the face down in the mattress. So we want that, um, that they're lying on their back so that there's a free flow of oxygen and that's comfortable. By the age of six months though, as I said, they will be rolling. So if you put them on their back, they may roll over to their tummy, but they can also move their heads very comfortably from side to side. So we're not that concerned about the position that they put themselves in. Okay. All right. So where are we now? That's the, we're still in the first year of the baby's life. Right. The next, the next step, big step usually happens at about nine months. So at about nine months with regards to gross motor skills, you would find that they are pulling themselves to stand. So they're holding on to the cribs and they're pulling themselves to a standing position. At this time, you really get anxious. You really want to drop your cribs because you don't want them to be able to come over the top of the crib. Um, some of them may hold on and move around. So we talk, call that cruising. You may find that they may be able to hold on to pieces of furniture and they start moving around the house. So you really have to be careful. Safety becomes a big issue at this age. With regards to fine motor skills, we expect them to have mastered what we call the pincer grasp. So before, if they're trying to grab something, they tend to use a raking-like sort of movement, using all the fingers and sort of raking that object towards them. However, by nine months, they then start to master the pincer grasp. So they're using the index finger, they're using the thumb, and they're bringing that together. So really tiny objects they can start to pick up. And that's also something to be careful of because those tiny objects tend to go to the mouth and going to the mouth means that they're going to get choked if you're not careful. So you have to become very vigilant at that time. So that's what we're doing with our fine motor. They're also using fine motor skills 
which goes into social and adaptive skills to start to feed themselves. So now we can cut our foods into cubes and they can pick those that, that food up and they can feed themselves. So there's eye-hand coordination. They're able to move their hands, put it directly to the mouth, and they're be beginning to feed themselves. So that's part of their social and adaptive skills. In terms of their language, the, the bubbles now become a little bit more specific. So instead of saying da, 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 they now become, so instead of being polysyllabic, lots of syllables, they now become monosyllabic. So you hear da, da, mama. Oh, they finally said mama. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Nine months. <laughs> yes. So they tend to, to say more dada, mama, and they're now alerting to their name. So at nine months, if you call Empress, baby should be able to turn and recognize mommy or daddy is calling my name. I, I need to respond. So they not respond. Yes, mommy, but they turn and they alert mm. to their name being called. And, and what kind of foods should they be eating at this time? And if they're not able to do it, is, is there something wrong now with their diet or a delay in, in their development if they're not eating at a certain level? So there are some babies who at nine months, we would expect them to be eating food that um, diced foods. So prior to that, we would have been feeding them either breast milk, formula, liquid food that then progresses to pureed or mashed. So liquid foods in a liquid form. So they're now getting accustomed to texture. They're getting accustomed to different tastes. By nine months, we encourage them to put their food in, in diced sort of um, shapes. So they're able to pick it up and chew. So we want to encourage chewing at this time. Definitely, if your baby is preferring to have more liquid diet at that time, it may be a cause for concern. So something that you would want to monitor and ensure that as they get older, they're definitely progressing to eating food in the same form that you as an adult would eat food. So it's something to pay attention to. Okay. All right. So we're at nine months. Now let's move to tw by 12 months. The baby has just celebrated their first birthday. But we have a, a developmental delay or what are the things that we need to watch out for to say my baby is one and they're not doing certain things? So in terms of our gross movement, by one year, quite a few of our babies would be walking. Now, this is so expected that a lot of times when mummies don't see their babies walking by one year, they're starting to panic. I reassure you that not all babies will walk at one year. A lot of them will. So if they're not pulling to stand by, if they're definitely not pulling to stand by one year, that would be something that you would want to be concerned about if they're not cruising by one year. So holding on to furniture and moving around by one year, that would be concerning. With regards to walking, we do give them up until 18 months, so a year and a half. Um, it's at that point that if they're not walking, that we really become concerned. Um, so that's what we're expecting with our gross um, motor skills. With regards to our fine motor skills, they're able to take things out of a container and really hold on to those objects quite well. They're banging things together. So if you have two blocks, they're going to be using that to, to hit together. 
with regards to language, as I said, by nine months, they should be responding very readily to words. And some of them may start to imitate the noises that you are making. So if you're making certain sounds, they may start to imitate those sounds by, by one year. Um, with regard to our cognitive skills, which are now becoming even more apparent by one year, if you are, if they're playing with an object and that object drops, they should start looking for it. So the, the, the concept of object permanence should be established by this time. Prior to that, if they're playing with something and it drops, they totally don't realize or they're not looking for it. Oh, it has dropped. That's okay. But by one year, we definitely expect that if um, something drops, they're, they're looking for it, playing things like peekaboo. So parents hiding and, 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 you know, revealing their face or covering objects and revealing they're recognizing that that object is still there. So they're looking for the object. Um, with regards to your social skills, they're shaking, they're saying goodbye. They're now also getting separation anxiety. So if mommy or daddy leaves them, they're, they're beginning to cry. They don't want to go to strangers um, because I recognize that I, I don't know this person. Um, so those are the, the skills that we would expect them to, to have by this age. Excellent. What about responding to their own name in year one? When do they start to, to hear their name and say, yes, mommy's talking to me? So... Um, by year one, that should definitely be happening. As I said, they may not necessarily or they won't say yes, mommy. But if I call um, Lisa, they definitely alert. They know that's my name. Mommy is calling me. I'm going to look towards mommy. And by one year as well, between a year, a year and a half, um, with regards to receptive language, they start to follow simple commands. So and commands with gestures. So come here and you're using your hands to say, come, stop, no, no is something that a lot of them hear quite, quite a lot. So, you know, you're pointing and you're saying, no, stop, come here, give it to me. They should also be able, so if I say to them by a year, a year and a half, um, give it to daddy. They should know who daddy is. They should know I am supposed to go and give it to daddy. Get the shoe and give it to daddy. Maybe not as complex as that, but um, pointing to the shoe and saying, take that to daddy. They should be able to process that information and follow through on those instructions. And with regards to expressive language between a year and a year and a half, you're beginning to hear more words. Um, so more single words. So you may hear bottle, you may hear cat, dog. They may be able to point at, um, if you're asking them to point out objects in a book, you're reading a book to them and you're like, show me the dog. They should be able to point at the dog, show me the cat. They should be able to point at it and perhaps starting to imitate those sounds um, that you are making as well by that age. Excellent. And now the baby is heading into the next phase, right? This is one to two years old. Let's start with the movement milestones because my son sure put his head through a grill at two. Oh no! Yes. <laughs> and the day before, Doc, a friend said to me, if your child ever puts their head through a grill, 
right? Don't try to pull them back. Go out and pull them forward and turn their shoulders. I'm like, oh my God. advice. <laughs> Listen, and the other thing that happened before he was two was he dropped off my bed. Bam on the floor. Oh no. So that's something that I talk to my parents about all the time. First of all, from the time they are reaching three, four months and being able to roll, I implore my parents, do not leave them on the bed. Don't put pillows around them and think that the pillows are fortress. Do not leave them on the bed. They're going to fall off the bed. I mean, definitely by between the age of one and two, those kids are all over the place with regards to, to gross movement. So they're climbing, they're jumping from bed to bed. You know that sound? No more monkeys jumping on the yes. bed. Well, they are jumping on the bed. They're <laughs> jumping, they're climbing over furniture. They're trying to go through the grills, as you said, climbing upstairs. They're going upstairs. They're coming downstairs. So you really have to be very careful. They're kicking balls. They should be able to throw a ball between a year, a big ball. So if you have big balls, they should be able to kick. Um, they should be able to to jump. So, you know, just making jumping movements. Those are the gross motor skills that you would expect them to have established between the age of one and, and two. With regards to fine motor skills, so they're scribbling. So your walls are no longer plain walls. <laughs> you know, every pen crayon they have, they are just scribbling everywhere and the grasp is not going to be uh uh the, the mature grasp that an older child would have but they just have that crayon clutched in the entire palm and they are just scribbling everywhere um a lot of our kids tend not to play with blocks but they should be able to stack two or three blocks on top of each other with regards to fine motor skills with regards to your um cognitive skills some of them sh they, they should be able to fit shapes into the appropriate mold so, you know, we have those toys that have circles and, and um, triangles. Some of them by the age of two years are definitely very easily taking up the, the mold and putting it in the, in the right shape. With regards to their expressive language, this is where you start to hear a lot of words. So their vocabulary is increasing. And some of them would start to say two-word sentences, um, want that, give me. Um, if there is an aspect of development that most parents are concerned about and where there's a greater um, range is definitely in language skills. So there are some kids at two years that aren't putting words together, putting two words together. Does that mean that you as a parent need to be concerned? I would say no. And the other thing that we must recognize is that just because I am advanced in my gross motor skills doesn't mean that I'm going to be advanced in my expressive um, language skills. So some kids may be very mobile, doing things that you don't expect in the realm of gross motor. But then with regards to expressive language, they are only repeating words. Do I get concerned? Not necessarily. It's really important that you recognize that there's a range. So if your child isn't speaking fluently at two years in terms of putting multiple words together and another child is doing that, that doesn't mean that you need to be concerned. But we do expect that by two years that they're saying words or they're attempting to repeat what you are saying. With regards to receptive language, they definitely should be able to 
care what you're seeing, process simple instructions and follow through on those simple mm. instructions. And if not, as you mentioned earlier, they're supposed to come and see their pediatrician. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And what about uh, developmental delays? How do they identify that there is a problem? Some kids are, as you said, kids develop differently, but some have health challenges that leads to their lack of development. They're slower, much slower in all the cognitive and social and emotional skills that you've spoken of. Um, what, do, what are some examples of that? And what are the challenges that the child would have? So basically, developmental delay speaks to the fact that you are not attaining the milestones that are expected at the particular age. And there are many reasons why kids may not um, achieve those milestones at the expected age. So one of the things may be that the child was born prematurely. So even though chronologically that child is two years old, are, are one year old, they're not doing things that a one year old is doing. They're only doing things that a six six month old is doing. And that may be because when we when we correct their age, so when we take into consideration that that baby came out, was born a few weeks or a few months before they were due to be born, we don't expect them to be doing things at their actual age. So we take that into consideration. So parents of babies who are born prematurely, they must understand that we don't necessarily, or they shouldn't get anxious if they're comparing their two-year-old child to another two-year-old child, because really that child it's not really two years. We have to take into consideration that that baby came out way earlier than we expected them to. There are also some illnesses or some um, syndromes that you would expect that development would be delayed. So for a child who has Down syndrome, trisomy 21, those children will not develop at the same pace as another child. And there are also some other conditions, things like autism. So whenever we see a child with developmental delay, it's important that we take a very detailed history to see if we can establish the reason for this developmental delay. And we investigate appropriately to see if there's something that needs to be done so that we can assist them to reach their true potential. Mm. What about the maternal uh, and environmental influences on the baby's development? What are some of those that we've seen? Absolutely. It's so important. Um, We are in an age where a lot of our babies are not stimulated. (laughs) So they're left with a caregiver who can't necessarily stimulate them in a way that's needed. So that child is deprived of social interaction. And you are going to notice that that child is developmentally delayed. They're not attaining the milestones that they're expected to for that age. Um, You put that child in an environment where they're stimulated, you encourage them to go to school or get a caregiver who pours more into that child and you'll be amazed to know how much more, how much better they do. So it's really important that as caregivers, we too pour into our kids and encourage them so that they can reach these milestones at the required ages. Listen, it sounds like we need to develop a stimulation toolkit you know, to help babies' development, you know, uh, to meet their milestones. What would be a checklist? Like, even whether it's toys, a song, a book, if you could list five stimulation items to put in our toolkit for our baby to reach their milestones, what would they be, Doc? 
Um, so, so start off with babies, things like crib mobiles. That's a good thing. They play, they, 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 you hear, you hear music, they hang, it, it encourages them to reach, to, 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 to grab, to hold. They're colorful. So that's a good stimulating tool. I find that unfortunately, what a lot of our parents are using for stimulation these days is the iPad, a screen, a television. So a lot of our kids are put in front of screens and that's the way of stimulating. So we no longer buy books for our kids, books that they can touch, they can feel textures, they see colors, um, they can point at objects. A lot of our kids don't have books. When parents come into my office, I don't see parents, very few parents have toys and books. The way of stimulating and keeping their kids quiet is by putting a phone in front of them. That's not stimulating our children. Please, we don't even recommend screen time before a certain age. So let's go back to basics. Let's buy books. Let's buy blocks. Simple things. You can do things at home on your own. You can get rice and you can color them. I have a mother that is so amazing in the things that she does with regards to stimulating her child. And needless to say, this child is doing things way beyond his age simply because mommy pours into, into him. So she gets rice and she colors it with, with um, food dye and she encourages him to pick up that. So that's fine motor skill. That's um, eye, eye hand coordination, that's sorting, that's cognitive. There's so many skills that she's getting out of that one activity. And she didn't go and do anything expensive. She didn't go and buy any elaborate toys. She just got rice and colored it. You get um, corks, so corks from 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 plastic, I mean, uh, bottles. Now, you have to be careful because those are choking hazards. But if you are um, monitoring, then that's okay. And that child sorts those corks into cups. So I put all the red corks into one cup. I put all the yellow corks into one cup. So that child is learning counting. He's learning colors. He's learning sorting. There are so many ways for us to stimulate um, our kids. I find that the Montessori types of toys, they really do a good job of encouraging development, our problem-solving skills, our cognitive skills. So let's get away from screens and engage our kids a little bit more. That's great advice. And I love how you said that. Pour into baby. And it doesn't have to be expensive toys. You know, back in the day, Lisa, can you remember some toys that you used to create with simple things such as a cardboard box? I mean, we have a lot of that around. Absolutely. I mean, we go and buy these expensive things and the kids don't even want them. They just want those very simple things that we have at our fingertips. Let's utilize them. Yeah. Box truck. Use a box juice and yes. make a little car and a little truck. We need to go back yes. to those days. All right. So this is a checklist now. We have all of the things that we should be looking for as our baby grows right up to the age of two we have a big checklist and if your child is not reaching that milestone then it's time to call dr lisa franklin banton if you're in jamaica or <laughs> or your pediatrician somewhere else so let's go over now some of the um the most important uh takeaways for our moms who are listening and maybe some dads are listening to the caribbean mom podcast as well and we want our babies to reach their development milestones in a healthy way. So let's go through, Doc, some of the most important takeaways for our moms. So one of the first things I would encourage my moms is to get regular reviews with your 
um, pediatrician, preferably a pediatrician. I mean, our general practitioners are just as good, but pediatricians, they're trained with regards to looking out for, for these things. Um, so to have regular checks, join those regular checks. One of the things that we always discuss our developmental milestones. So even if you as a parent have not recognized that this is something to be concerned about, it's picked up by that pediatrician and we can act upon, upon it as quickly as possible. So that would be my number one thing. Have regular checkups, your regular reviews within the first year, five years of life. I mean, really, you should be having a regular checkup at least once a year after year three. But within the first three years of life, there's so much that happens with that child that having regular checkups, you can really begin to recognize if there's something going wrong. There are some big milestones that um, a child should attain by certain ages. So with regards to gross movement, a child should be walking by the age of a year and a half. So if your child by a year and a half is not walking, that's that's a red flag. In terms of um, fine motor, they should be able to feed themselves and, and use their hands, bring them to their, to their mouth. Again, if that's not happening by the age of a year, a year and a half, moving the hands, being able to manipulate um, pencils with, with, with your hands, that's another big red flag that you'd be concerned about. If your child isn't communicating, so again, with expressive language, it's a very wide range. But if by two years and you are not hearing words, that's that's perhaps even a little too long. I mean, 18 months, you should be hearing at least single words. So by two years, you're not hearing words, red flag. You need to bring this to somebody else's attention. If your child is not interacting with you. So when you speak to your child by the, again, the age, so I would say between the ages of 18 months and two years, a lot should have happened within that, that time span. So if you aren't seeing certain things, walking, recognizing their names and answering to the names, saying words, beginning to use hands, interacting with others, making eye contact and wanting to show interest in others, those are big red flags. So those are definitely some checklists. If you can't tick that box, I need some help urgently. Wow, that's right. And we're going to call you. I think we've covered most of the milestones for babies zero to two years old. Thank you so much, Dr. Lisa Franklin Banton.